0: Hey, Rachel.
1: Hey, Brian.
0: So how was your week this week?
1: I mean, pretty bad. I'm just kind of sitting here alone, innocently eating a bag of soup that I bought bag, for my family. A bag
0: of soup. I didn't know Don't soup you know?
1: Haven't so, you heard?
0: What? <laughs>
1: bags of soup are being weaponized by Antifa. The soup cans are a fly-in and people are buying whole bags and they're more dangerous than bricks.
0: They're dangerous than bricks. More dangerous than bricks.
1: Soup is more dangerous than bricks.
0: <laughs> okay, this sounds like a nope waiting to happen. We'll talk about this in a bit. This is nope.
1: The podcast where we shut it down.
0: No, no, no. My name is no. My son is no. My number is no. You let it go. You need to
1: let it go. Mm. Need to let it go. Mm. Let it go. No, no,
0: no. Okay, we we got to rewind to this. What why are you talking about soup?
1: Okay, let's just play the clip of President Donald Trump talking about soup.
0: Okay, you have to send this to me and I'll cut it in.
1: I already did. It's water. And then they have cans of soup. Soup. And they throw the cans of soup. That's better than a brick because you can't throw a brick. It's too heavy. But a can of soup, you can really put some power into that, right? And then when they get caught, they say, no, this is soup
2: for my family. They're so innocent. This is soup for my family. Uh, It's incredible. And you have people coming over with bags of soup, big bags of soup,
1: and they lay it on the ground, and the anarchists take it, and they start throwing it at our cops, at our police. And if it hits you, that's worse than a brick, because it's got force. It's the perfect size. It's, like, made perfect. And when they get caught, they say, no, this is just soup for my family.
0: Okay, so that's what you're talking about. (laughs) That's what
1: I was referring to. I cannot wait until Sarah Cooper gets her mitts on that one. Oh, my
0: God. It could have been Sarah. Like, I could picture it already.
1: I know. I know. Um, Just when you think it doesn't get any lower this week has been terrible. Um, Just just when you
0: thought he couldn't ruin anything else, he goes and ruins soup.
1: Soup. Yeah.
0: The lowly soup, the one thing that could give us comfort, and he's taken it away as well. Okay, we got to get on with this podcast. So I just want to a uh, quick public service announcement. Um, it's the end of the summer. We are going to take next week off. It's Labor Day week, uh, but we will be back with the new fall season of Nope the week after that. And, uh, you know, I've been reflecting on my summer and I realized that it's been 99% shit and 1% pure bliss. And you know what the pure bliss came from?
1: The summer music series. The summer music
0: series. <laughs> and uh, this is the last one. This week we are doing Quarter Flash Harden My Heart from uh, 1981. You will recognize it when you hear it. And we have first time ever a special guest. It is our finest living hallway critic, friend of the pod multi hyphenate Lauren Meckling. And you will understand why we have a hallway critic and what is a hallway critic if you stick around till the end of the podcast. But before we get to that, Rachel, you must have some interesting things that happened to you this week.
1: There have been a couple of interesting things. Two, um, two things this week have to do with our summer music series and it's just kind of like the, the gift that has uh, borne a thousand fruits. Um, so the first thing <laughs> like it,
0: it's either the gift that keeps on giving or the tree that bears a thousand God. fruits. This is both of them, it's so good, it's both of them gone. It's, g-
1: <laughs> it's the giving tree, <laughs> so... the giving tree dies in the end, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it's a very terrible story. Okay. I actually hate it. Okay. Um, okay, but so I, I was. So I was jogging the other day around my neighborhood and I was just like mad. I was thinking about how absurd it is that Donald Trump continues to use the village people's songs, YMCA and Macho Man at his rallies. Don't ask me why this is what I was thinking about. Just, this <laughs> is There's a lot to get angry what... about in the world.
0: That is... <laughs> Not in my top 1,000. It made
1: me run really fast. I was just angry. So these are historic, fabulous gay anthems, and they're being appropriated to support a racist, homophobic monster. And suddenly I realized that I could do something about this. I have an in with the village people. I didn't Um, know that yeah like in not in all i not do all village I, people. I, just like one village person <laughs> so like let me explain so 10 years ago i interviewed randy jones who was the original cowboy for the village people for a story i was doing about polyester making a comeback on the runways of paris fashion week and i remember randy being very funny and he told me about one of his polyester outfits in the 1970s that burst into flames when he was on stage once, and uh, I was like, surely I still have his contact information somewhere on my computer. So I searched for it, and lo and behold, I found a contact. The woman's name was Alice, and she handled PR for the Village People. So I just reached out. I didn't tell you; I just did it. This you know? was
0: now normally like we plot like who our celebrity you know gets are, and we don't get any of them, but. We fantasize about who we're going to try to get, and we collaborate on it. And so for you to spring this on me, you told me earlier today, is like a shock.
1: I know. I I just was like you know what I'll just dazzle him with my showbiz connections <laughs> and like if I under promise or don't promise at all and over deliver it'll just really like wow Okay, will so I'm, wow I'm ready for you to
0: over deliver who is our guest? <laughs> so, <laughs> next week Randy, <laughs> so
1: from- Randy from- Jones <laughs> the, cow- <laughs> the cowboy no so I email this woman Alice and I ask if Randy Jones or any one of the other village people were available to chat with us on this podcast and a few minutes later I got a response from a woman named Miriam on behalf of the lead singer of the Village People, Victor Willis, who was the cop, if you remember. Yes. <laughs> um, and the the response is very sad. She said, uh, Rachel, thank you for contacting the Village People. Unfortunately, Alice died of cancer back in 2011. Oh. Village people have made their position clear on Donald Trump's use of their music at rallies. You, o- you need only Google vi- village people and Donald Trump rallies. If I can be of further assistance, please let me know.
0: OK, wait, I have, um, I have thoughts about this. Like, I was in. It's, it's so upsetting. It's very terse. Like the question was not you weren't looking for a quote about it. Like it's not yeah. like someone asks you a stupid question. and You're like, Google it. you were asking for an interview, which is a whole different thing.
1: I know. Well, like they're they're not giving interviews at this time. I don't know. I was I felt terrible. I just all I did was I replied. I said, I'm so sorry about Alice's death. And I just thanked her for the quick reply. What else could I do? And Alice, then I, I Googled village people and Donald Trump rallies. And I saw that Victor Willis made a statement in June, which I already knew about saying that he disapproves of Trump's usage of YMCA and macho man at rallies. And this was reversing his position on the matter because in February, he said it was fine and they weren't going to get involved in politics, but like, Honestly, I think this does not go far enough just to be like, we disapprove. That's not enough. Eddie no, Grant, cease and desist.
0: Yeah. Like, Tom Petty did it. Bruce Springsteen did it. Like, stop totally. it. Totally.
1: Eddie Grant of um, Electric, Electric Avenue, Avenue. <laughs> sued the Trump campaign this week. Wait, and why, so if wait why is Trump campaign
0: it, using Electric Avenue? It's so <laughs> random. I
1: mean, all of this is so random. All of it. So- If Eddie can do it, the village people can muster the economic resources to get a lawyer and go after this grifting asshole who is stomping on your intellectual property. Yes. (laughs) Okay.
0: That is a great story. (laughs) Okay. It's a perfect intersection of news and personal and summer music. So wait, you said you had another one?
1: Yes, I did. Well, you know, well, first of all, I'll I'll update you if there's any further updates (laughs) from the village people. I'm not holding my breath. But so the other thing I wanted to talk about was Bat Dance, the song we talked about last week. Um, So when you mentioned Bat Dance, I just like had this image of my sister and I didn't know why. I had this image in my head and I vaguely remembered her having some kind of relationship with Bat Dance, but I wasn't sure what it was Wait, until I-
0: relationship with Bat Dance.
1: <laughs> like there was some sort it was an of. Unrequited thing that love happened. affair. <laughs> It was like, an, there was a thing with bat dance. And so I talked to her on the phone this week and she told me that when she was 10 years old, she performed a whole choreographed dance schmagoo to bat dance with her bunk at Camp Wayne in Pennsylvania, sleepaway camp. And not only that, but there's a VHS tape somewhere in this house of my sister performing Oh, this my God. That dance. Why have yes. you done
0: anything else this week except look for that tape?
1: <laughs> <laughs> she asked me if I wouldn't mind searching the house for it because she wants to see it. And I was like, I do not have time for this. And I know that but- house.
0: I know you have a VHS player on which to play it.
1: Yeah, we do. I know (laughs) you do. So maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll look for it. And should I somehow stumble upon it, I will let you know. Link to it in the show notes. Yes, I'll put it on YouTube.
0: Okay, that's, uh, wow, what goes around comes around. Okay, I want to talk about... the Melania tapes. Have you been following this? It dropped on Rachel Maddow last night.
1: I didn't see Maddow last night, but I know like it was explosive and I know about the book. And yeah, um, yeah. So, tell so, me about so Melania. So, yeah.
0: Tapes. Just when you thought they were like, no, we had rung the book mill dry, that there were no more tell books to be had. Now we have a former senior and advisor to Melania Trump and also a close friend, former friend, Stephanie Winston Wolkoff, who was a longtime Manhattan fashion and society party planner, which is a job we could all only aspire to. Um, So she was involved in planning the inauguration, that famous inauguration, until there was a New York Times uh, investigation about it and her name came into it and she resigned after that negative reporting. So she has a new book now called Melania and Me, The Rise and Fall of My Friendship with the First, First Lady. And a lot of the source material came from when she was having like conversations with Melania, like Melania would start to get into weird shit and she would turn on a, a, a tape recorder, she would just start recording it, so there's there's stuff to back this up um so there's nothing per se that's shocking nothing impeachment worthy for the first lady in here um but it does just fill in the blanks amusingly with some anecdotes and some disgusting details that we were suspected were true but this just adds a new level of lush detail too so let me me give uh,
1: there's no we know nothing about her she's such a mystery so i think any clarity about her is good you know
0: I agree even if it's bad and believe we're me we're
1: hungry for information <laughs> we here. need Mel-
0: melania content <laughs> we've, we've ravaged every other member of the white house grifting mafia family we we've might as well looked under hit
1: every on. rock <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, glad. OK, so
0: here's here's a short bullet list. Uh, this was helpfully summarized by Politico. So that's who I'm ripping off here. Um, she did not. You remember she didn't want to move into the White House right away. And it was so like so barren. Well,
1: she said she it was so barren could go to school or something. Yeah, It was also
0: or primarily because she didn't want to use the same shower and toilet as Michelle Obama. To which I say, okay. Melania, you are not worthy of shitting in the same pot as Michelle Obama. Oh, my
1: God. She's like, no. She's... Th- this is so, such an abomination. I don't even know what to say. I don't is, even know what this to is say my, anymore. Wait,
0: remember in uh, New Jersey when Teresa Giudice said she wanted to build a new house because she didn't want to live in a used house? Right, so Right. Melania, she said
1: it was like skeevy or something. Yeah, so she Melania,
0: some weird word. Melania d- didn't want to live in the White House because it was a used house. Um, we always suspected that there was some tension between Melania and Ivanka. Um, and the, uh, the Ivana kids. Um, so it turns out, this is very substantial, she wanted to actually block Ivanka's face from appearing in the photos of Trump taking the oath of office. And it was actually called Operation Block Ivanka. Like it had a name. Like this was not just like gestural. Like this was that's an, cute. an active, yeah, it's pretty cute. <laughs> um, she's she's <laughs> Operation
1: she's, block. Like she has no guile. She's just like, let's call it what
0: it is. <laughs> well, I'll get to be best. If you're alluding to be best, I'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> so um, Melania does not have access to see Donald's schedule. She does not have access to his calendar. Like I, I think even though that's like available to the public, like she doesn't have act, Like I guess she doesn't know how to use Google Calendar and like no one will tell her where Donald is. I wonder why um so that's how he gets away with all of his shenanigans but she says melania also has a fun side because she uses emojis in texts and she loves her emojis okay so, okay so <laughs> that qualifies to put one in the fun column um <laughs> then uh there's some stuff which i guess we already know is not really about melania because she was involved in the inauguration he said he wanted it to look like a North Korean military parade. He literally said, I want tanks and choppers make it look like North Korea. Um, That didn't happen then. He wanted to light the sky with drones. Um, but then he couldn't because he was told it was illegal, which I guess nowadays wouldn't stop him. But back then, uh, I guess it did. But then this is, uh, this is my favorite stuff is the be best stuff. So when they were hatching okay. the scheme for like what her cause should be, the staff came very helpfully as a staff should do, came up with suggestions and their suggestions were children first, shield your children, which is weird, be a cyber buddy, protect your children and speak up. Um, I think it's very weird to say shield your children. Like, that's.
1: It's like hide your children. <laughs> hide it's your. Like... Lock up your wife. Hide your children. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> right, so, um, uh, Winston Wolkoff, it, being a good proactive employee, actually went and bought those domain names for them on her own credit card with GoDaddy. So she owns them on behalf of the White House. But no, Melania heard those. She did not like any of them and she came up with Be Best herself. Winston Wolkoff actually told her, quote, that the phrase sounded illiterate and it should be be the best or be your best. And she says, Melania, lover of Sharpies, drew the two word logo with block letters and said, I drew it myself. So no one say no one say I plagiarized it. Um, mm-hmm. so I guess she was being sensitive to the fact that she plagiarized her speech in 2016 for Michelle Obama. So she right. wanted something that was so illiterate that nobody else could have come up with it. Like, Except
1: for her, no articles. <laughs> right. She it's didn't like, want to be yeah.
0: accused of, of plagiarizing the dictionary or the English Straight language. Straight from
1: Slovenia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Our finest <slogan> here. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so those are, those are little, uh, Snippets of life with uh, Melania. And look, she might get indicted, right? Because she, uh, she's at the center of the inauguration grift, wasn't she?
1: Well, they sort of pinned it on her, but she has uh, receipts. So I think she's in the clear. But listen, anything's possible. She's Here. a
0: big grift. Look, she's like the original birther. And 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 she's, you know, Trump likes to say that she emigrated legally, but she didn't. She came on a visa and then worked on the visa that she wasn't supposed to work on. So she's just as bad as the rest of them. She's more than complicit. Oh, she's
1: the worst. She's in a she's she's fucking terrible. But did speaking of Kim Jong-un, that we mentioned before, <laughs> did you hear that Sarah Huckabee Sanders? Has a book coming out, too, in which at some Kim Jong-un thing, uh, she was like there with Trump and Kim Jong-un was making eyes at her, apparently, and Trump told her to take one for the team. No! Literally, yes. And that's in her book.
0: Oh, my God. How could she still be a Trump supporter if Trump said that to her?
1: I know. It's so disgusting. These it's people so are- so disrespectful and disgusting. And she, I guess she thought it was like, ha-ha. In- endearing yeah
0: oh these people i can't even like spit out nope nope just nope. Nope. absolutely not okay okay
1: um so i'm gonna move on is
0: that okay (laughs) i've got everything i've said about melania
1: okay yeah i mean one thing i will say about melania is that she has very nice teeth Hmm. but you know who doesn't have nice teeth who or who's rumored to not british people not (laughs) all of them not as like as a whole they aren't exactly known for their orthodontics sure and you may ask yourself what does this have to do with anything and um i'm going to tell you there was a story (laughs) in (laughs) the new york times magazine i'll link to it in the show notes and my my friend louisa sent it to me knowing full well that it was like exactly in our venn diagram of interests and the problem is that it's a very long story so i'm going to try to sum it up here um Bear with me. Um, so, okay, so the story is about two British orthodontists. John Mew. <laughs> Wait, I who's... just
0: love any story that starts. <laughs> Picture, if you will, two, two British orthodontists walk into a bar.
1: Right. So, John Mew is 91 years old, <laughs> and <his> son... <laughs> a
0: nonagenarian <laughs> British orthodontist. You had me in hello. Go ahead. Yes, I
1: know. I know. It's a very, very compelling story. Um, His son, Mike, is 51 and they are partners or they were partners. So John, the father, um, had his license taken away. So he's no longer technically an orthodontist. But thanks to YouTube, this duo are like celebrities. They get millions of views on all of their videos about orthodontics and the controversial theory that they espouse is called orthotropics and it states essentially that modern human faces are degrading because children are not eating hard enough food. <laughs> and as a result <laughs> there's this ugly we should give them epidemic. like rocks to chew on. <laughs> yeah there's this like ugliness epidemic sweeping the globe and it has to be stopped and the way to stop it is through orthotropics so what they think happens is that um if the maxilla which is the top jawbone if this doesn't grow forward or wide enough the mandible which is the bottom part of the jaw it adjusts backward and down so that the chin recedes and the face appears to lengthen this makes Um, sense
0: so far this makes sense i could see that being true
1: Yes, and so an undersized maxilla will not push the cheekbones to their full prominence, according to the muse, and then bags crop up under the eyes. The cartilage of the nose hinges downward, making the nose seem large and hooked, and overall the face appears to be melted. (laughs) 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 And so to fix this problem, it's orthotropics. And that means that you have to work really hard to keep your mouth shut as a child. Wait, can I
0: I pause for one second? You didn't think I'd have anything to say about this, but I do. I have a very strong thing to say about it. So you'll remember a few weeks ago. I told you about the jawline influencer that I've fallen yes. under the sway of on YouTube. And you remember his innovative technique for restoring your jawline is called mewing.
1: Right. Well, that's it. That, so that's he's, a he's a mewer. He's a mewer. He's a so- mewer. There yes, you this go. Is, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to okay, this. Okay, everything yes, that rises must exactly. converge. I should yes. keep
0: going. Yes.
1: Yes, totally. Right. So throughout the 1970s, John Mew, he tested his theories on his own children. So his first son- bill did really poorly he had trouble keeping his mouth shut so john resorted to hypnosis <laughs> and uh john created a headband with a spike that would poke <laughs> his son's chin anytime he parted a his lips <laughs> <laughs> so passionate parenting no <laughs> no this is like insane so his his third child rosie was put through the opposite experiment, so he was curious to see about the effects of a soft diet on facial growth. So his wife had to serve Rosie pureed foods in a bottle until she was four years old.
0: This should be illegal. And this should be illegal. I know.
1: Yeah. I know. And Rosie told the Times that she had teeth growing one in front of the other, and that she was a really, really ugly kid because of this diet.
0: I love that they gave the boy the good one and the the, 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 and the girl, girl the bad the one group, right?
1: Right, right. And so then And Mike, the one who's now John's business partner, um, he became the orthotropic masterpiece. So the success... um, the the reporter of the story said that the success is evident as they sat side by side on the edge of the lake at the castle john's face was thin and oblong and mike's face is wide and short his chewing muscles so large that you could see them flex okay so if this is like a study only one in three actually worked and so (laughs) it's not exactly and it's not exactly double blind n N equals
0: equals three right (laughs)
1: right (laughs) right so that he published like a, an article about this and nobody wanted to publish it. Nobody did publish it. And so these two are considered, have long been considered outcasts in the orthodontic British community. <laughs> um, they, they publish in fourth rate journals. They never spoke at legit conferences. Regular orthodontists think that they are a bunch of kooks. But of course, as you said, everything that rises must, must converge, and the orthodontists have collided with the incels who have embraced them and spread their gospel. The incels How? have rebranded orthotropics as mewing because of this father-son duo.
0: So this guy who's influencing me about my jawline is an incel influencer also, probably. He's an
1: incel influencer okay, also, So I've yes.
0: fallen under the spell of an incel incel joeline <laughs> yes. influencer little did i know i am unsubscribing
1: ha- okay um so there would be no interest in this today if it were not for an email that mike the sun received sometime in 2012 he was invited to speak about facial growth at an event in london called the 21 Cur- Convention, which had speakers from all around the so called manosphere. There were pickup artists, Navy SEALs, fitness influencers. Certainly, jawline influencers had they existed at that time would have been there. But
2: they, these
1: guys were the in- innovators um, and men's rights advocates. So that's where this whole thing took off. They they spoke there. They were mobbed. The rest is history. They post sermons on the true reasons behind crooked teeth, and YouTube influencers gobble it up, and the incels love it.
0: How does this like merge? Like, what's the Venn diagram with the incel philosophy?
1: Well, because the incels are obsessed with, like, what makes a face handsome, right?
0: Oh, right. Well, they and, think that because they're not handsome.
1: Right. And or they want to do anything they handsome, can right. to fix their jawlines and their face and their alignment. And these guys believe that you can do that.
0: Okay. That, now that makes these, more sense. Sure. Right. Sure. It's a match made in heaven.
1: So they see themselves, the muse, as Galileo and (laughs) Charles Darwin put together. And I mean, I do have an expert living in the house with me now. My dad is a retired dentist and as you know he published a book about health fraud in dentistry so i figured i'd ask him what he thinks about this article of course he had already read it and he said that they're a bunch of idiots and the only thing they're right about is that most experts agree that our mouths are indeed smaller due to eating less chewy foods news you can use
0: (laughs) i don't know if that's descriptive or prescriptive was he saying (laughs) that we should eat more chewy foods
1: I just think it's like uh, in the last 200 years-
0: Sure, we're eating eating less gravel, certainly. Yeah. That's not controversial.
1: (laughs) It just shows that every good conspiracy theory starts with a kernel of truth. So I don't know what else to say about these people, but nope (laughs) to mewing and-
0: and nope, ninety nonagenarian British orthodontists stay in yeah. your lane, like fix nope, teeth. Don't, don't put spikes in your son's face. In
1: your children's <laughs> <sorry>. face. Okay. <laughs> hey. Enough
0: said. Nope. Nope. <laughs> okay. We have time for one more. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. We do. Um. Okay. So this is. Um about a New York Times wedding announcement scandal. So there was a vows column this week, uh, or no, there was a vows column a couple weeks ago. It was called Between Reps at the Gym, a Strong Connection. And it told the story of a couple who met at the gym, Lauren Malian, a marketing executive, and Robert Palmer, a fitness entrepreneur. They met in January 2017 and it was love at first sight. They exchanged digits. They met for coffee two days later. They even took a Briggs Myers test for compatibility and they both got the same. Oh, what
0: could possibly go executive wrong? Executive yeah, mindset. Oh, those people. And that's another yes, cult that's, Jesus. Yeah.
1: Right. So, okay. So the first problem in this um, <laughs> vows column is this paragraph. It says Mr. Palmer was five years younger than Miss Malian, still. Their connection was undeniable. Okay. So we're talking about a woman who's 35 and a man who's 30. Why is the right. New York Times positioning this as if this a is a remarkable some kind of huge obstacle? Di- diversion
0: from the natural course of love. Like really. It's not like he was eighty and she was fifteen.
1: Right. And if if he was 80 and she was 15, they probably wouldn't have even remarked about (laughs) it because if the man is older and the woman is younger, it's unremarkable. And it, it upset me. But that is not even the tip of the iceberg here. So it turns out that Robert Palmer, the guy in the wedding announcement, was actually married at the time he picked up Lauren at the gym. And his ex wife found out about the affair by reading the New York Times wedding announcement, which (gasps) failed to mention that he was divorced. And so now there's this correction appended that everyone was freaking out about and says an earlier version of this article misstated the previous marital status of the groom, Robert Palmer. Mr. Palmer had been previously married. Okay, so then that doesn't really,
0: that's not really the clarification that's needed.
1: Right. Well, the ex-wife, whose name is Nikita Moreno, she gave the clarification that was needed. (laughs) She wrote her own side of the story this week in the New York Post. And it's quite a thing. Um, The headline says it all. It says, I found out my ex- cheated on me from his wedding announcement <laughs> and then, and then, it all, yeah. <laughs> then nikita says that her friends told her not to read the times and describe the column and read the relevant parts to her and uh this is what nikita says quote according to the article the couple rob and lauren started their relationship in january 2017 it also said that he had never been hap- been married that was news to me because I was his wife in January
2: 2017.
1: We split in late March of that year, officially divorcing in January 2018. And I never exactly understood why until I read about it in the Times. So then she goes on to describe how they had a civil ceremony and were planning a big wedding. And he just bailed right before it while she was pregnant. And she later before, had a miss. Before mis- the wedding. Yes. He was like and a no later- Yeah he was a no-show and she later had a miscarriage because of all the stress and he wasn't there for her. This guy is horrible. And so he, then he tells the the New York post, Nikita and I were separated and both consented to a mutual and amicable divorce. Divorce. This is all very surprising to me. And I was unaware that there was ever an issue because <laughs> <laughs> you never told her. <laughs> she was unaware too. Um, okay so that's 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 his statement and so i there's
0: a moral of the story here what is it like uh i don't know be careful what you send in for your wedding announcements i guess just
1: like what's the point of wedding announcements (laughs) like they're
0: they're very they're very arbitrary right like i don't know it seems very like a very antiquated thing like what are they trying to prove like by who they select are they elite people are they interesting people are they colorful like what what you can tell
1: a lot about society by who's featured in the in the wedding announcements but i don't know this guy like sure jan like okay (laughs) he doesn't know it was ever an issue this is he's the worst person of all time and i feel sorry for his current wife but not really really because she like did this whole briggs myers test (laughs) she's complicit as well
0: like (laughs) yeah okay nope shut this down let's move on okay okay it is time for our summer music series and like i said i'm so sad this is the last one of the summer but boy is it a doozy rachel you're gonna like this now yes. when i told you what we were doing we are doing 1981's harden my heart by quarter flash you said what is a quarter flash <laughs> <laughs> i said i
1: don't know what that is but when i heard the song i knew what it was
0: okay okay so we're gonna do uh harden my heart by quarter flash and we have a very special guest of the first time ever We have a special guest for Summer Music Series, and it is Lauren Meckling. She is an author and a journalist, multi-hyphenate. And this may seem random to have a guest, but she's going to weigh in. And the reason is because she is an expert on hallways. Can I
2: Can I say I'm actually, I consider myself Nopes Corridor Correspondent.
0: Oh, you had to say that. I mean. I kind of did. (laughs) And you've been on the podcast before. You're a friend of the pod. And um, you talked about Hallways. So could you remind us what that story was?
2: I certainly can. So when I was lucky enough to appear many, many moons, a.k.a. one little year ago, We talked about this article that is one of my favorite things on earth that appeared in the Financial Times that was about the, um, it was called The Dark History of the Corridor. And this was a story that was looking at why the corridor gets less and less respect. And at the time of the story's publication, it was at like the ultimate rise of the open plan office and the home where people were bashing down walls and building greater and greater rooms until everyone was just living in one big loft and <laughs> peace was how Over centuries, like the corridor kind of rose and fell and the peace declared, which I recall having a great we had a lot of fun talking about it said, "This is a profoundly anti-carotic era." Uh, and the three uh, of us, we declared ourselves pro-carotic. <laughs> We're pro- we I mean, yes, <laughs> staunchly pro-carotic.
0: Okay. Well, you will see when we get to the rundown of this video. This is a pro-carotic video. The whole summer music series has been pro Um, So let's let's jump right let's in. Just okay.
1: Jump in. <laughs>
0: let's jump in. Okay. So. Uh, The band is Quarterflash. It's uh, not a whole flash, not a half flash. It's Quarterflash. It was founded in Portland in 1980 by a husband and wife couple, Marv Ross and Arinda Sue Ross, who goes by Rindy. And Rindy is really the heart and soul of the band because not only is she a sultry songstress and soothsayer, she also plays the saxophone. And uh, she considers it an extension of her voice. And I think that's a beautiful thing to say. Um, the band evolved out of another band called Seafood Mama. Um, and if that was the name of my band, I would probably change it to Quarter Flash also. That was a um, smart move. <laughs> it's was a great brand. They hired a, good a, branding, pivot. <laughs> they hired a branding consultant <laughs> to, to switch from Seafood Mama to Quarter Flash. Um, this was off of their debut album, which... Uh, rose to number eight, and they never quite, like so many of these songs and albums, they never quite matched that success. Their second album went to number 34, their third album went to number 150, never charted again, they even had a reunion album in the early 2000s called Goodbye Uncle Buzz, that not shockingly did not chart at all. <laughs> so, goodbye, Uncle Buzz. I thought
1: you were gonna say Uncle Buck, like the John Candy <laughs> Yes, it was,
0: it was on the soundtrack to Uncle Buck, the John so Candy close vehicle. Close to greatness. <laughs> so the song um, was a huge hit. It hit number three on the Billboard charts. But it's sort of lost to the sands of time. Like, Rachel, when you heard it and were of that age, you recognize it. But if I said, harden my heart, people wouldn't really know what that is. Um, no, but it, once
1: you hear that beginning saxophone, that is an extension of Rindy's voice. You are <laughs> right <I> will, <laughs> back I'm, in 1981. I will play it is in Does
2: your a heart do anything but soften? Yes, it's...
0: it's hardens. It, it does not it harden. my heart. <laughs> no. Okay, so... Um, the, the only like interesting media placement, it was in the first scene of the pilot of The Americans, which is interesting to me. And I watched that. Oh, I didn't watch the whole series. Great I soundtrack that. on yeah. the show. So yeah. like a lot, like uh, last week with Laura Branigan, it's another one of these like moody, minor key things. And her voice is really interesting. Her Like the chorus starts like a murmur, sexy murmur, and then it builds to like a howl. And she has like a Stevie Nicks vibe going. Um, Pat okay. Benatar too. Oh yeah, well she's got Pat Benatar hair when with, with like that big poofy perm.
2: Yeah. So and then <coughs> Leonard Cohen when her child doppelganger comes in the video, but I'll wait till you.
0: <laughs> no, you're you're skipping ahead there. Okay, so um, you are right, Rachel. The, the distinctive thing about this is the sax solo. It is very 80s. Az- e- very 80s. It really lets <coughs> Rindy speak with her voice, and I'm going to play it right now. Okay, and uh, so maybe that triggered some uh, PTSD for the 80s for you. And then uh, the chorus uh, is also very memorable. Let me play that for you now. You'll probably recognize this. okay so it's an interesting song it's evocative it's moody but the video is really something to behold and i would say Some after
1: other after, dimension after
0: bat dance last week which was the a, a, a league of its own i thought how could we top this wall. we should probably end this summer is music seven
2: summer. leagues of its own <laughs> it's
0: like it you is got...
2: truly a shame that podcasts don't have video attached i mean this
0: they can. They can. We can have bonus okay. content for our Patreon supporters, of which we have none. because We don't have,
2: <laughs> we a, don't
1: Patreon. have a Patreon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Let's, let's talk about this video. So it starts with Rindy being chased through dimly lit hallways with swinging light bulbs. And she's bouncing from wall to wall looking back because it's like someone is chasing her. And then she runs through a door. And she's wearing this like black stretchy tights. Top, and then she's in a room with smoke and red light. And then, as soon as she goes through the door, she's now wearing a flowy red dress. And she is standing in front of a little person
1: it's like a podium it's like she's like leaning it's like stefan it's
0: like it could be in a stefan club right so there's a human
1: podium (laughs) capital
0: lp little person standing there in front of her like a podium except he has a big afro he's white and he has an afro and he's wearing aviator sunglasses and then walks by a fire juggler (laughs) out of No For No Reason, which is reminiscent of earlier summer music series, Let's Hear It For The Boy, that also featured a fire juggler for no reason on a football field.
1: And then, who else had a fire juggler, but the one with the what, the joker shoes, what was that one?
0: An emotion.
1: Oh yeah, an emotion <laughs> obsession. obsession. They had that a fire I, juggler,
0: ok. So check fire juggler. If I had sound effects, I'd go ding, ding ding. ok. So then they pull out, and she's like on the steps of an Egyptian temple or something. And there's a lot of temples. There was a temple in bat dance at the beginning. The Vicky veils come out of the temple, oh, and, yeah,
1: and then um. What's it called? The, the Jackson video. Oh,
0: yeah. That was all set in a temple and sort of another torture temple. Torture. Okay. <laughs> temple so, torture. and then as if the jugglers and the, the little person wasn't enough, then like Olympic floor dancers in short shorts come out and start doing like an Olympic floor gymnastics routine behind her, which is actually very it's reminiscent. Like
2: human Jiffy Pop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a step <laughs> Lauren. What is human Jiffy Pop? It's that thing where. (laughs) You were in a music video and they come out. Well, just
2: these people are, they're just suddenly three feet up in the air, (laughs) and then there's fire that's also kind of with, you know. Not attached to any human pe- bodies, just like little fire bits going off in the air.
0: Right. Yes. And, and this is all very reminiscent of Xanadu, too, with like the athletics and the acrobatics and the Cirque du Soleil's. Okay. So Yeah, but
1: one thing I just want to address that's different about this video from anything we've covered before is the quality of it. It looks like, I think we need to talk about how it looks like it was taped on one of those gigantic, like... VHS cameras that, like my dad had, <laughs>
0: like a Betamax, not like even a Betamax.
1: It's like very low-fi. A reel-to-reel. You know? reel.
0: It was not a reel-to-reel. Yeah. Reel. Okay, so the she's done her scene in the red atmospheric place. She goes back into the hallway um and then she keeps trying other doors which is also very like self-control because Laura Brannigan she's running through the hallway and then some of the doors are locked and finally shines a door and it opens up to an orange world so we had red world and now we have orange world and it goes into this like desert landscape with hills of gravel and on top of one of the hills of gravel is a little girl with curly hair sitting in front of a vanity mirror and a vanity mirror also appears in Laura Branigan's Self Control. And she starts lip syncing the song. And I think it's supposed to be a younger version of Rindy. Did, did you get that impression? Yes. <clears throat> okay. Yes. But yes. then
2: that girl becomes three girls.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm getting to that. Three identical doppelgangers. Okay, sorry. <laughs> which, no. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs>
2: Wait, appreciate-
1: it's girls, I thought it was. I, I oh, mean, boys? listen. I, don't wanna, I thought well, it, was it kind boys. of looks like Baby
2: Leonard Cohen, but, you know.
1: I thought it was boys, I but I don't know. Maybe, like, listen, They're I don't really. Like, They're fluid.
0: It was the early Gender ideas.
1: on anyone, you no, know?
0: <laughs> let's not assign gender unless we know the full story. Let them no. define their own gender, however they wish. Um, <laughs> but it's also like Bat Dance, where you have the doppelgangers coming out. And then they, like, it's very creepy. They turn to the camera and they start singing in unison with grown up Rindy. So it's like grown up Rindy and, like, echoes of her past but they're like
1: lip-syncing and there's no they're lip-syncing her part like all together there's not like four different voices to no, that's right they're just they're emulate just, they're so it's just, just weird
0: it is just weird and
1: they're wearing bathrobes. <laughs>
0: i forgot they're wearing bathrobes. <laughs> yes, in the that's desert and
2: mariah carey like vanity mirror <laughs>
1: yes. yes
0: on a on a hill of gravel in the desert okay yes, of course So where do you go from here? You're in the desert. Of course, you get to the solo, to the bridge, and you're in a big, empty, poorly lit airport hangar with a wet floor. And I don't know what it is about the wet floors, but if you remember, the street and self-control also had a wet floor on a. Yeah, didn't
2: Tina Turner's video? (laughs) Right,
0: Tina Turner had a wet floor also.
2: And they were all wearing (laughs) fabulous wellies on their feet. If you
0: look closely, yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Really? Oh, okay. You're also our our fashion correspondent. Well, you
2: know, below the ankle (laughs) correspondent, fair (laughs) enough. sideline
0: but but yes, she's there of course with her saxophone this is her moment to shine she's got like a she's wearing like a high-waisted bottom with like a gold lame top and then she's got motorcycles like zooming around her splashing in the in the water and How then the
1: focus on her
0: <laughs> there's so much going oh. on and then she cuz she's a multi-instrumentalist she starts playing the drums but the drums are in fact a phalanx of like a dozen people (laughs) wearing motorcycle helmets. It's just their heads. And she plays the drums on their heads and they have black (laughs) face masks. It's like the Daft Punk heads. You know what I'm talking about? It's like 12 Daft Punks. And she does like a little like drum riff on them. And then she's changed into a tuxedo from her high-waisted pants. And now she's on the back of a motorcycle
1: so
2: flashed and being driven by
0: the daft one of the daft punk guys so that's the solo that's the interlude the middle then we're back in the red world with the little person again and then she's back in the hallway so we're like recapping all the adventures she's been through red world the
2: hallway it all started to look like a finished sauna (laughs) with the (laughs) the, the red light windows yes and and it's like
0: wood plank in fact the, the the ceiling behind you it actually looks very much like that lauren the the, the and like I'm sweating, so <laughs> you're in a sweat lodge. <laughs> okay, so um and then we're outside in the desert, and there's just a, a, a two-second shot of a bulldozer in the desert, and we don't know what this bulldozer is for. And it's then menacing, the-
1: it's like just like a presence. It's like coming for gonna you. Happen with it's it. coming yeah. for you.
0: Yes. And then, yeah. and then Yeah, and then the Daft Punk guy comes out with a flamethrower, and then the fire breather is there too. So <laughs> There's some sort of menace in the air, bulldozers and flamethrowers and fire breathers, but we don't know what is going to come to COVID yet.
2: <laughs>
1: or what caused it? What precipitated it? What,
0: what came before? What comes after? We don't know. So she's racing through the hallway one more time and she exits. And then we see the exterior of what's behind in the desert. And it's like, I don't know how to describe this. It's like, changing room like a cabanas like changing rooms with different door colors like at a pool or a beach how would it you looks describe like
1: that a building? hotel in like tel aviv oh
2: my gosh <laughs> I, all i could imagine was some structure in marfa texas <laughs> just a pretentious wait, people's those, structure
0: those are the two with most specific doors, references okay. <laughs> i could possibly imagine it is either an apartment in tel aviv <laughs> or or a structure in marfa texas both are apps <laughs> it could be if you don't have a mental image from that then i there's nothing i can do to help you so um and who
2: are you <laughs> why are
0: you listening to this podcast okay so there's different colored doors they are not there's a motorcycle wheeling now one of them through the desert and then the bulldozer comes in crushes the cabanas or the tel aviv hotel or the marfa texas art installation and then the flamethrower comes and burns it all down which is, of course, another yeah, reference the to was dance. Not enough.
2: <laughs> right. I it,
0: love that. enough There might be right. It's like multiple when, modes
2: a, of destruction. It's like
0: in a horror movie when you like knock someone out and kill them, and you think they're dead. You got to put a bullet in just to make sure. This is the exactly. this is the bullet just to make sure. And
2: where has she, she's flees away?
0: Yeah, I think she's out already. So that the whole question was: this was all those hallways and these other rooms—the red room, the orange room—were these like an underworld that was only accessible through these cabanas or? Like, I, I'm having trouble, like, physically. Right,
1: because the cabana is, like, fairly short, right? Oh, it's and very so small. The, the, it's like uh, a
0: physical impossibility that all of no, that no, no, space no. exists in there. That's why I'm it's got to be underground In there. Or
2: so where, where did, did she, she come from? <laughs> this one was okay. the corridor world that was, like, very satisfyingly <laughs> put to rest. <laughs> Enough.
0: <laughs> we're in corridor world. Okay. Well, this brings us now to what we're all listening for, which is uh, our world's foremost corridor expert. We have the torture <laughs> corridor, the self-control corridor, corridor, the quarter corridor. The thing that these all have in common is that they were all terrifying. They were all scary corridors. They all represented fear and fleeing and, and a closing in presence. I mean, because a corridor could represent possibilities. You're looking out into the distance. There's a gateway towards wonderful things beyond, but that is not what this is. So Lauren, what is it about corridors and hallways that invokes this sense of dread?
2: Well, I really want to say, what is it about you that has selected such a chaotic, you know, uh, selection of music this summer, or it, what is it, it about cho- the it world chose, we're living? It
0: in? chose me, Lauren. It chose me. It did.
2: Well, here's what's happening: the corridor is striking back. So, <laughs> the, the corridor, which has you know been maligned very recently, and we we thought we were growing away from it, and we were we were free to be as we wanted. Um, we've actually all been stuck. In our corridors, quite literally, for what seems interminably, and here, I here we. This is like the greatest visual representation of our walls closing in on us. Um, maybe in some ways, hiding out from in-laws or children who might be in larger rooms. On oh, one so that's way, why we're young. relating to it. So that's completely
1: that's your theory. Oh, that's interesting. Like why it's resonant right now. Right, yes, so-
2: the corridor is the is the hell of the interior. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs>
0: Hell is not other people. Hell is a corridor. So, what? But all these videos are from the early '80s, right? So, was there like a a meme, a movement? Was there something about the the Reagan '80s, the nuclear era, that made people gravitate towards corrotic themes?
2: Right. Well, for you know, in the Victorian era, there was something that was considered very um, kind of exotic and luxurious about being able to build corridors between rooms, but in this Story that I keep coming back to, and I hope you'll put in the show notes, which is kind of an amazing distillation of Professor Robert Roger Lockhart's um, investigation book, investigation into <laughs> corridors. Um, it builds to the 80s, and there is this terrific line I want to share with you: In the 1980s, our perspective changed. Corridors became places of violence and threat. Oh my Estates God! There's a book. And yeah, it goes on. There's
0: a book so that says this.
2: There is a book. There is a man, a wonderful man, who has spent years of his life, yes, detailing. The I pulled this theory out of my ass, times. but
0: okay, I'm. Well,
2: no, you pulled it out of Roger's um, brain. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes, you have really tapped into like the the burning inferno of the corridor of the 80s which I which is reflected or echoes back
0: wait so wait is there more of this boat that I cut you off because if, if there's so, yeah, more like I
2: why why yeah, I think is I will, it estates were neglected and starved of funds even the barbican was mocked as a labyrinth of it's hard not to start reading this in a fake British accent even the barbican was mocked as a labyrinth of concrete corridors where no one got out alive oh, that is amazing
0: so, that's you really should do audiobooks that's incredible you should do the audiobook version of that book.
2: It, well, you know, I do I do audio books at home of Harry Potter, which I will say also, <laughs> guess what word is on every other page? And let the word Harry Potter. It's all corridors. Yes. Wow. Goblins wow. and this is a breath. Of,
0: this is a breath of fresh. I cannot believe it. Or actually not
2: fresh, right? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> there's not really of, good circulation. It's a breath
0: of stale air. <laughs> yes. I can't believe how lucky we are to have you. What serendipity. Oh, a delight.
1: A delight.
2: Here's a question, though, at the end yeah. of this article. If the present seems anti what of the future? Do you all have hope for a post-corridor reality?
0: Um, I don't, frankly. <laughs> I think we're at the end of the corridor. I think, like in all these videos, <laughs> we're at that door that we have to go through and there will be some terrifying world of torture or some mm-hmm. stairs to fall down or some sex dungeon not the good kind that will uh, consume us whole. And we've
1: walked out and here we are. We are no longer in the corridor. We're in the hellscape. We should have stayed in the corridor. So there's no
2: fleeing to Marfa?
0: (laughs) Or Tel Aviv.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Possibly Tel Aviv.
0: Okay. Well, I guess the only shining light at the end of this quarter is as the summer music series draws to a close, that which I'm very sad. We are cooking up a new series for the fall. We're not going to say what it is yet because it's still marinating, and we will uh, we will let you know uh as we mentioned at the top we are taking a skip week next week we won't be on but i think by the time we're back we'll be able to share with you what our exciting new series for the fall will be to keep us going and keep this momentum going rachel you're up for that right
1: oh totally totally up for that. <laughs> i don't know hint? what we're gonna do yet we, we have like a like lot of share it with my mom biggest uh, fan? yeah we'll, we'll We'll throw out the different options, and you can oh, weigh in. We're sure. Oh, we're
0: voting? Oh, Lauren can weigh in, not the audience. Yeah. We don't care no. what they think.
1: No. <laughs> we we do what we want, but but Lauren and her mom can Sharon will <laughs> have
0: Sharon the will... final say. Okay. Okay. Thank you. This has been <laughs> awesome. Lauren, will you stick around for some yups? I'd love to. Okay, good. These are little rays of light, the little beacons of hope that got us through the week. Rachel, please start.
1: Yeah, my up is kind of sad this week. It goes to the actor Chadwick Boseman, who I, and I'm sure everybody else was shocked to find out died um, because of colon cancer. And he starred in so many films that I loved. Um, Most notably, he played T'Challa in um, Black Panther. And he was recently in um, Spike Lee's new film, The Five Bloods, and was amazing. He inspired so many people through his art, even when he was struggling with cancer. And um, I met him once when I was at Twitter. I worked closely with his social media manager. And this was before Black Panther. So like he wasn't as well known. And I met him once at the Oscars. Um, I was backstage running this Twitter thing where people could take pictures. And I had to know everyone's name and Twitter handle and here comes this guy who's just like so handsome and just so like had such a presence and I just on the fly could not remember his name. I knew it was an unusual name and I'm like he's taking the picture and I'm like shit how am I gonna like write his Twitter handle and I he could tell that I was struggling and he was just like hey I'm Chad and it was really sweet and I was like right Chadwick Bozeman and um he laughed and took his photo and was just really sweet and kind. So, oh. R.I.P. Um, R.I.P. That's a good yup. Yeah.
0: That's a great yup. Um, I have a very different yup. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's really nice. Let's pause to acknowledge Chadwick Boseman. And moving on. Um, so, Rachel, this is something. I tell you very frequently that we shouldn't talk about, but I'm going to break our own taboo and I'm going to give my up to season 13 of Real Housewives of New York, which is just oh. wrapped up. Yeah, there you go. Um, now we've been anyone who listens to that Rachel and I are a long-term Real Housewives fan, New York, you've written about them, we've partied with them, we've drank with them. Um, yes. we've done a lot of Housewives
1: adjacent.
0: <laughs> We're definitely adjacent. Um, but the franchise like all of them are getting a little long in the tooth, but some how Bravo pulled out the best season I think ever, season 13, with the new wow. edition of Leah McSweeney. Like it, every episode brought it, and what was especially poignant for me is that the filming ended where on the last episode is actually airing like right now while we record um is in the last month or two before COVID lockdown and so it's christmas time winter festivities all around new york and i'm watching it and i find myself having these like reflexive reactions which are like no there's too many people at this party or like dorinda don't stand so close to ramona you're gonna you're wear a mask and it just makes you realize Aww. how far we've come and how sad but it also is a little ray of light to look back on happier times who would have thought that these late these old harpies screeching at each other would be happier times but um but it like was here we are. But here yes. we are, <laughs> cooped up in our basements. Okay, Lauren, you have uh, one or maybe two. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I guess you could say one and a half. Um, I well, first of all, I would be remiss not to recommend a book that I know I love. I actually um, don't have it yet, but guess what? It is called *The Dark History of the Corridor* by <laughs> Professor Roger <Larkers>. Um <laughs> There are five. As there read, were five. As there read were by five, Lauren Mecklin. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, thank you for believing in me. Um, there were five uh, copies on Amazon. There are now four because one is heading one is to, headed my, to you. My, oh, my personal good. corridor. It's <laughs> about to be two. <laughs> cannot yeah. wait Where it to belongs. smuggle with. <laughs> um, and then the other, yep, I wanted to say is I am, I think, one of two people who is just loving this television show this summer it's called doghouse uk it's a reality show that is available if you have the hbo max app and it is was produced basically by the bbc or with the bbc so it takes place somewhere in england at a kind of rehoming facility for dogs and if you have either succumbed to the desire to get a quarantine puppy or you wish you'd did, but just have have yet to, this will definitely satisfy that. It's about, um, you know, each episode follows a different real person who comes in and sort of explains their basically always sad lot in life and why they really want to bring a dog home with them and then it's sort of a like a dating matchmaking show where you, <laughs> you watch the dog uh, misbehave and either charm oh. or fail to charm the prospective owner but the thing about the show is it sounds so schmaltzy i mean it does have a kind of like bake-off vibe to it but it's also incredibly weird and each episode is like a little mike lee movie um and you just have to see it to
0: oh, to get oh great it. I'm, I'm it. definitely. Not them. let's just
2: say they are not housewives. They're not your housewives. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rachel, you should watch it with Coco.
2: I will. I'm
1: definitely going to watch it with Coco. But she yeah. likes to bark when she sees dogs on screen. Well, that could be cute too. Well, there's a yeah. lot of
2: barking. I mean, she be welcome? <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay.
0: Lauren, thank you so much for being our guest. You brought a level of expertise that we do not deserve. We've we do never not- wall had before. To wall. Before. <laughs> <laughs> wall, to wall. And, and sorry <laughs> okay. <Lord laughs> okay well okay. this wraps up summer nope um we're so grateful to all of you who listen we are going to have a uh, vacation week next week uh and then we will be back the week after for our fall season um <laughs> and uh until then if you've enjoyed this podcast please rate review subscribe rachel what should people give us if they if they rate us
1: Five stars only. And if you're going to rate us and give us anything less than five stars, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Just unsubscribe. Yeah. Nobody's forcing you to listen to this.
0: Nobody. There's enough podcasts out there. Don't listen to any four star podcasts. Just listen to five stars. Five stars.
2: That's it. And that's us.
0: We deserve nothing less. Okay. This has been a terrible week, a terrible summer, but it's been really fun to make this podcast. Thank you for listening. This has been Nope,
1: the podcast where we shut it down.